welcome back everyone to Let's Talk About Star Wars, which is really just Let's Talk About The Mandalorian until Rise of Skywalker comes out, and then we'll go back to talking about The Mandalorian, and then we'll be done with Star Wars for the year, which would normally feel sad, but my god, there's been so much Star Wars, I think we're all gonna be okay. I'm Garrett, here as always with Tom and Jenny. How are you all doing on this fine Sunday morning? I just ate two Millennium Falcon waffles, so I'm feeling pretty good. You know, I was about to ask you about that weird picture that you texted. And I, I, I guess I could have replied in text to ask you what that was, but I wasn't quite sure what I was looking at. Scott Johnson gave me a Millennium Falcon waffle maker. So I, uh, I for the past two days now, it's been Millennium Falcon waffles for breakfast, lunch and dinner in this house. Uh, I have been plastering my house with so much Star Wars paraphernalia ahead of the Star Wars party slash movie that literally if someone who didn't know me came to my house, they would think I should be locked up. Um, well, we wouldn't. You're in good company yeah, here. Definitely not us. Yeah. yeah we're, you're in very good company here. Somebody less enlightened than the three of us yes. might make that <laughs> That's mistake. right. <laughs> I have papered over the cracks in my house with old Star Wars magazine covers. Nice. It's insane. Uh, I would like I would like to before we get into Mandalorian to just uh, celebrate for a moment because my my Star Wars group and I we did it last night we watched the Last Jedi thus completing our every Star Wars movie ever rewatched that we started back in February. Fantastic, we're one behind you. Nice. Less than a week from now, we will know the outcome to the entire nine episode series. Yes. Whoa. That is Whoa. insane. That is or absolutely crazy. Because they'll just put it in a book <laughs> coming June 2021. Epilogue. I, I have gotten uh, Star Wars epilogue. <laughs> I, I had a very similar experience with Last Jedi, although a little on the different side that I did with um, Force Awakens. Because it's, it's I rewatched Force Awakens so many times when it came out on physical media and I did the same thing with The Last Jedi. Um, probably not as much as Force Awakens, though. Um, this has been the longest amount of time I've gone between watching this, that movie since it, you know, came out and we could watch it at home and I've gotten grumpier on it as time has gone by as I've had, the you last know, Jedi? yeah, I've gotten grumpier mm. on the last Jedi, like over okay. the years, like the more I think about certain things that bother me, the more they have built up in my brain as things that really irk me. And so I kind of went into this grumpy. And I came out thinking to myself, wow, this movie is way more fun than I remember. And there's a lot of really cool stuff. There was a twist. Yes. L listen, the stuff still bothers me, still bothers me. Like, I just don't want to be on that ship with Haldo and, and Poe ever again. If I could just edit this movie myself and just get rid of all that in Canto Bite, I'd be stoked. But, guys, I'm, like, so on board for what happened with the Force users in that movie. I love it so much. It's like the anti-Metachlorians. Yeah. I this think is a uh, very simple explanation that works perfectly. I think the uh, I think that's a, a really good recommendation for people who dislike a beloved episode in a franchise, you know, whether it's Marvel, Lucasfilm, whatever, uh, to to give it some time and go back, because I think the things that bother you when you love something kind of take up all your brain space for a while. And, and you need time to just let yourself accept that. And like you say, just go, OK, I'm just not going to like that. So is there something else? And then you can go back and look at it and you see the things that you didn't allow yourself to enjoy because you were so bugged by the other stuff. Yeah, there was I, I was always on board, like the the, the Raylo stuff. I, I really liked that, you know, even after 
my first viewing and I was kind of shocked by the movie going in basically every direction except the one I thought it was going to. Um, but I, it, but I don't know, man, like the more time has gone on, especially after watching all the movies in sequence. Um, mm-hmm. and part of this is probably also because like the Obi-Wan series is very much in the back, in the back of my mind right now with the Mandalorian going and Deborah Chow have got a freaking, uh, cameo in the episode of the Mandalorian we're about to talk about all of those things happening. I've been really thinking about like the master and the, well, not always an apprentice because apprentice is a word that's very much used for, for Sith, but like the whole master relationship, uh, especially as it, uh, as it appears in the Skywalker saga, because like, I really like the more I think about Luke and last Jedi, the more I like it. Cause it's such a, it, it seems to me like a weirdly natural evolution of hermit, Obi-Wan hermit Yoda. And now we've got hermit Luke. And like, mm-hmm. what does that look like? Um, because they all left and went into self-exile because of something they feel they failed at. And Luke did the same thing. And yet he still you get to see bo- like shades of Obi-Wan and Yoda in on those sequences. And I love it so much, like especially when he's screwing with Ray with the freaking like blade of grass. I'm like, that's Yoda. Like he, yeah. <laughs> he's just ripping off his the last person to teach him something right there. Yeah, yeah you learn from those who teach you. Right. Why? Why was it? Luke would never do that. Everyone he knows did that. Right. Like, uh, that's a very good point. Yeah. And like, well, I get I get the desire to want to see like Luke just like full anime hulked out, just like master of the force doing crazy shit. Um, but it's also like, I think we're, we're kind of dealing with what we have to work with. Like Mark Hamill was older and it's like, it'd be kind of weird seeing an old man just like run out with like giant pectoral muscles and start beating people up in the history of truth. That's not how aging works. You like, you don't always get happier, especially if bad things like really bad things happen. Like sometimes you get a little slower, a little quieter and a little grumpier. And like, to me, uh, at the delightful old age of 43, uh, I could not have related more to Luke Skywalker. When you, when you, uh, have a character you identify with, I think you want it to be a little Mary Sue. Yeah. And that's what happened with people who were disappointed with Luke. But if you have a character that you, you don't necessarily identify with directly, but that you, you admire from a distance, maybe then you, then you're quick to jump on the Mary Sue thing and say, well, wait a minute, this character is unrealistic. It, he, he or she just gets everything they want. Uh, yeah. and so th- I appreciated that about Luke that, he could have been and in fact was a little bit in the first two Star Wars movies, a little bit of like, well, he can kind of do no wrong. Apparently, you know, kid from the farm blows up the Death Star. Mary Sue. Mm-hmm. But what we see over the arc of Luke is that he follows a, you know, has some talent, has some early success, uh, meets responsibility and and becomes a little bit jaded in Return of the Jedi, right? He's he's not full on innocent Luke anymore. And then uh, the wisdom and pain, as you said, Jenny of old age, show up in Last Jedi. And we never see Padawan Yoda, but we definitely see jaded middle age Yoda in the prequels. And then we see what aging does to Yoda, where he just kind of is like, yeah, screw it, I'm just going to mess with people, right? Yeah. And yeah. That's a little bit what happens with Luke and Obi Wan 
is a little bit too serious to be the mess with people when he's old, but we do, we get to see like young Padawan Obi-Wan. We get to see middle age, uh, you know, sort of jaded Obi-Wan trying to train Luke or trying to train Anakin. Uh, and then we get to see what he, how he embraces old age. So I, I like that, that we got a third stage. That's like, yeah, no character is the same through all three stages of life that we're looking at or else they wouldn't be believable at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it ends on a really hopeful note for Luke. Like he gets yeah. out of his funk. Um, right. And yeah, that whole last sequence between him and Kylo, like oh, ever, I like it more every time I watch it. And I liked a lot watching it last night. Well, we're going to see him. I think we're going to see him in rise. Oh, yeah. I think so too. Yeah. It's I mean, a I force ghost. Part. Yeah. yeah, boy. I, I'm so curious what kind of form that's all. I know we're going to going to talk about the Mandalorian, but did you all see the clip? That, that they released the, on TV. The one with I've been the, trying to avoid it. I've been trying I, to avoid it too, but if it's the one I'm thinking of, Tom, that it involved the Emperor in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, this one, I've been actively avoiding them, and for whatever reason, this one, like, it was one of those moments where I'm going through stuff on my phone, and I accidentally turn on sound, and it wouldn't take the off sound again, and I started to hear it, and I got too interested. I mean... I, so, I have what, always been the person who's like, tell me as much as you want ahead of the movie. I will probably still enjoy it. Right. Same. Uh, which is why, you know, M. Night doesn't tell you uh, he sees dead people because that, you know, you wouldn't enjoy it as much. So I trust that this clip is not ruining it for me, but is only going to heighten my enjoyment. I will say no more. Is this the way it's OK? Is it the one I think I might have been. Can we uh, watched it too? Is it the one where he's like, "I'm all the voices in your head"? Yes. Okay. okay. Yes. That's pretty important. Yes. Yeah. I screeched. I, I I actually screeched in my in my home when when I when I saw that. Um, that opens up a lot of interesting developments, uh, right? Yeah. And I just want to see more what led to that and what that means. That, that yeah. just piques my interest. Yes. Yeah. I'm so into it. Also, that set. Where is he? What is that thing? It's so cool. Mm-hmm. It looks very old republic. I. I want to, I just want to see this movie. And luckily I don't have to wait very long. No. Um, anyways, let's get to the episode at hand before we just start theory crafting, uh, (laughs) what the hell's going on with Palpatine. Uh, chapter six of the Mandalorian, the prisoner is now out. You can go watch it. If you haven't, you should probably stop listening to this episode, but you probably already knew that. And, uh, so what, let's see, it's chapter six. After this, we now have two episodes of the Mandalorian left. And as fun as this episode was, boy, it really didn't move the story needle too much forward, did it? Oh my God. I I have to go on record as saying like, there were elements of this that I did like, but overall my reaction to this episode was. (laughs) (laughs) This is. This this episode is it's also me- my biggest pet peeve about this episode. <laughs> this episode uh, is treating me very much like my first time watching The Last Jedi. I came out of it like <laughs> that was great. It was awesome. And the more I think about it, the more I start poking holes in it. And I'm doing the same thing with uh, Chapter Six, The Prisoner here. Where I'm like, this is a re- it was just a fun adventure. And the more I think about the characters, the more I start screaming at the script. <laughs> I'm having the opposite reaction uh, of you, Garrett, Uh, with with, with every I want to put the caveat with every television series that is more than one episode. There's going to be an episode that's your least favorite. That doesn't mean you don't like the series. This was my least favorite. Now, granted, we still aren't done, so maybe something else will beat it. But I didn't like the characters. I was very excited when I realized we were getting a heist. I, I thought maybe the heist would play out over the last episodes and that would be our arc. Uh, I was sad to find out that that wasn't the case, but I still was in for the heist. 
I didn't like the characters in the heist. They just, they just didn't impress me as different enough, fun enough. They were all a little bit expected. I felt like the, the twilight was over the top, uh, and kind of a caricature. Uh, and, and it just didn't land with me. That said, I know a lot of people called this their favorite episode. So, you know, your mileage may vary, but, uh, the more I think about it, the more things I'm finding to like, which is why I say I had the opposite reaction to Garrett, which is I didn't like this much at all once it was done, but as it cooks in my brain, I start to think about, well, that was kind of cool. And that's an interesting arc and and it was fun to see baby yoda like look at his hand and go like wait did i do that you know there, there was some fun stuff i the really like the thing... oh sorry go ahead jenny yeah i was just gonna say the best thing about this episode for me were the cameos all of them were amazing mm. yeah yeah like the, the the and there are more but we'll get to those let me pin pin the cameos for a second but uh yeah i don't know who told natalie tenna that she should hiss every third breath. Like that was a bad directing choice, like straight up, like, or you do it and then you don't use them all. So maybe it's a right, bad so editing it's a bad choice. Editing? Yeah. Something. Like, like it, it, be, it verged on caricature to a point where I was like, Matt, make it stop, make it stop, make it stop. Like I was really, it was really bugging me. Yeah. I enjoyed this the first time through just because of the sheer spectacle of it. Like, I really enjoy, like this has a lot of visual elements that I love about Star Wars, uh, like creepy smuggler hanger. Totally here for the for that, like yeah. Neil Blomkamp, like basically droid design of wearing like human Kevlar harnesses on top of a robot. I love that kind of stuff. Like, I, it is just like crack for my concept art loving brain. And. And just the whole heist. And I love that we got to see just like a tiny little hint of what the hell the New Republic even looks like, what they're doing, what they're up to. Oh, at yeah. This point. Right. No, that was cool. Um, like I was really into that. And, and uh, frankly, when I think about it, like I wanted just a little like I wanted them to go a little bit further. If, if I'm having very similar feelings to the Tatooine stuff where I'm like, oh, boy, I wish they had kind of dove a little deeper into what the hell is even what does Tatooine even look like now with that job is gone. Um, but. Yeah, like I'm not there for the characters either. And I uh, for me, <laughs> I'm with you on the hissing, Jenny. Don't get me wrong. Oh I'm not trying God. to downplay that at all. I was so I was Bill Burr just kind of rubbing the wrong way because I oh. love him. I love Bill Burr. I think every <laughs> time he showed up in Breaking Bad, it was a delight in what was already a delightful show. And in this one, I'm just like, wow, they like really went out of their way to just make him kind of like a blank it's me, slate. Bill of- Burr. From the planet Boston. <laughs> I am the gunman. From LC of Massachusetts, and, and I live near the, the Red Sox planet. And I was I was actually relieved when he spoke compared yeah. to the other two, because yeah. I'm like, well, at least you're a trope I like. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a Boston guy. We'll be home for dinner. And you're, not, Over- you're not interesting, but at least I don't loathe every minute yeah. of your performance yeah. like I did with Xi'an and... Uh, yeah. uh, uh, what's his face? The really big one. Oh, Bur- oh, I love oh, Bird. Clancy Brown. What a I love Natalia Tana. Love Clancy Brown. Love Bill Burr. Yep. Okay. Just I'm going to not like this crew. I'm going to go. You know what? I think I, I've clarified it. It was the crew that I didn't like, which is essential yeah. to a heist. I actually liked Ranzar Malk back on the station. Mm-hmm. I, I I liked those scenes much better. I thought Mark Boone Jr. did a great job there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but the but the crew itself just didn't work for me. You know uh, who did a great job in this episode? Anakin Skywalker. 
Clone Wars Anakin that? Skywalker. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess Matt we're going Lanter. to the cameos now. Yeah. Oh, the I new can't Republic. Resist anymore. The the new Republic trooper, aka Egghead, uh, is Matt Lanter, the voice of Anakin in the animated Clone Wars series. Which is so cool. Very. Like that's cool. And he did a good job, like a good actor whose face you get to see. That was that was probably like dramatically the best scene in this entire episode. Yeah, was, except for F. Filoni in an X-Wing wasn't too bad. The, all well, the directors. <laughs> Dave Filoni, I know. Well, that was that just was fun, a- uh, like, fan service if you're yeah. in the know about, like, Dave Filoni and crew. Uh, but I think the, the 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 standoff with the New Republic Trooper, like, that was just good story. And the fact oh, that it was, was Matt Lanter was just a nice little extra, like, if you know, here's a little wink. And if you don't, here's just a good, you know, moral dilemma to, mm-hmm. to find yourselves in. That was, I think, the strongest scene of this. Um, yeah. I'm going to go to bat for the for Berg, the Deveronian, played by Clancy Brown, uh, because I really enjoy the trope of kind of the 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 unstoppable force of like if we're talking like D&D, I just love barbarians. I can't get enough of them. And uh, I play undead in WoW, uh, so not work. I got it. Yeah. Yeah, and in like uh, in like Indiana Jones movies, I always love like the strong man henchman, like the hard to kill mm-hmm. henchman. And I will say the fight scene. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, whatever they didn't do much with him outside of that, but that fight scene just did so many new things with the concept of the hard to kill henchman that I mm-hmm. just loved, uh, and and even took some cues from like the pilot episode of The Mandalorian. And just flipped it on its head because I was making as he dropped the door on it, I like out loud to Katie, just go, man, the Mandalorian just loves killing people with doors. And then the freaking Deveronian stands up and just pushes the door up. And I'm like, whoa, great play on my understanding of how the Mando likes to kill people. And it, it actually paid off. Now that you're saying this, I realize it paid off the concerns that a few people, I, that, not myself really, but a few people are like, man, Mando's a little OP, right? Like he's got too many weapons. He's too good. Uh, this showed like, yeah, every one of those weapons doesn't work against Berg. Nope. <laughs> like, yeah. Not even the door. Can't catch on fire. Just uh, sends the, what the hell, the the singing the sparrows or whatever. Thing. Like, yeah, yeah. He just grabs his arm and just aims them away. <laughs> <laughs> and it's too small of a room for them to course correct, which I like because at first I was thinking, well, don't they turn? You see them start to arc and they just hit computer consoles. Uh, I uh, I want to give a shout out to Richard Ayoade, who voiced Zero, uh, the droid. Uh, uh, Still a little bit of a flat character, but I didn't get bothered by Zero ever. Uh, He would have been a fine character on a better crew. So probably my favorite member of the crew next to Mando. Yeah, I uh, I thought the arc and and I, you know, like I thought the arc with Baby Yoda was good. Like Mm -hmm. I I'm starting to, again, want just a little bit more understanding of where they're going to be going with this force wielding Yoda baby. Well, I feel like what we've got is a procedural masking as as a as a serial. story. yeah. Uh, yeah, because it opened with such a hard arc, right? In the first three episodes. And then it's now it's just like Doctor Who. It's Monster of the Week. And it reminds me a lot of Kung Fu in many ways. Mm. And I wonder Mm. if if John Favreau is, you know, intentionally channeling that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he's working closely with Filoni and Filoni very much liked to do that in in the Clone Wars and Rebels. There were 
like yeah, yeah. more probably monster of the week episodes than there were ours. It's all, all of them. Yeah, right. absolutely. So it's, it's honestly pretty on brand if we're comparing it to the, the animated series. Uh, it's just that it's, it's so much shorter in terms of how many episodes, which is why I think I'm getting right. like my, my level of patience for that type of stuff is, is lower, even though I'm still enjoying it. And that's the thing. It's like, I feel like this is probably one of our most critical episodes of this podcast ever. <laughs> but, um, and like you said, Tom, it's like one of those things where it's like, yeah, if there's things that I don't like, it doesn't mean I still don't enjoy the ride yeah. or like the, 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 the larger sum of the parts. I still like this episode better than 75% of episodes of all other shows I watch. <laughs> that's Fair. a really good way to put it yeah yeah instead of the usual 99 percent. <laughs> also like i will just give a, a general show shout out like it needs to be said but whoo the production design like oh, the yeah. design aesthetic of the new the new republic ship the fact that they're relying so much on droids except for like one dude it it, it just tells you and also like one thing i love one thing i actually loved about the x-wing pilots aside from the cameo was they looked bored right this was like this was not blowing up the Death Star. This was like routine, boring mission to check out a thing. They're not the A team. Like that that aesthetic of five years after like the most exciting moment of their life. Like, wow, that's that was a cool, subtle bit. Yeah, here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> like, eh, okay. Uh, uh, we're I just want to get back and drink my bone broth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also gave Deborah Chow her first ever acting credit. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I didn't yeah, know that. And actually, Rick, uh, producer, director, Rick uh, Famuyiwa. I, I, hold on. Is also it's, got his first acting credit. Yeah. And this, Jim is, Dodd- this is his play. second episode he directed. Uh, Famuyiwa did episode two, The Child, as well. But this is his first acting credit is what I was saying. Yeah, oh, I know. I, I wasn't repeating that. I was just gotcha, adding gotcha. on with to the factoids. <laughs> um, yeah. So he's uh, he's responsible for my favorite representation of Jawas in the history of Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm still looking for. Filoni is also credited as like like head of wolf or something of that nature. So I love that. I was I was made aware of, uh, by my good friend Abby yesterday. That I didn't know Dave Filoni was totally obsessed with wolves. Uh, oh, so okay. That, that's an in joke so to Trevor his wolf. wolf obsession. That's why we got loath wolves and all that loath stuff. Loath wolves. Got it. So do we think it's family Yua? That's what sure. the generic computer pronouncer says. But I'm not like thrilled with that. That, uh, that is my only pronouncer option. Anyway, write us. Our best gu- efforts. Someone yes, will let us. us know, at least for the moment. Please. So, someone will inform us about the correct way to pronounce Famuyiwa. Fam- Fam- yeah. Um, that's what I'm going with. Anyway, I really loved it. I really loved, I loved, um, there's an economical use of people. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, Dave Filoni's had two seasons of all these really great voice actors and uh, all these great concepts, and you can just kind of see them uh, ooching their way into the storytelling. And I, I do really like it. <laughs> I like that. I like yeah, that. Ooching in. Ooching. Yeah, totally get it. Ooching. Yeah. And I did like the gotcha at the end of, of bringing the tracker to the. Oh yeah. <laughs> the, that was smart. Yep. To the that was station. a nice little twist. Even if you saw it coming, it's still fun. I also, didn't like, see it coming. I was I so myself, annoyed by I'm this sure episode that my yeah. powers were reduced. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah, I was still kind of getting over like, man, I did not like Bill Burr in this, and I love Bill Burr. Um, and then and then the the turn happened. I'm like, okay, all right, that's pretty freaking cool. 
Oh, I'm I'm devastated. Natalia Tena is one of my favorites, both Game of Thrones and Harry Potter. Uh, that that I didn't like Xion at all. <laughs> I was mad. Well, I was like, mad just because I like Twi'leks a lot, and I liked her character design. Yeah. I loved it. That like I've never seen a purple Twi'lek. It was really cool overall design. I like that she had like filed teeth. But yeah, the uh, the the episode gift that came up when I clicked on it was that screen uh was was her and i was like oh this looks, this looks like a cool character i can't, can't wait to get to know her <laughs> yeah that was part of my journey was um like bill Burr gets introduced first and i'm like i'm so sick of humans in the stupid show give me some freaking aliens and then deveronian shows up and twi'lek shows up i'm like and droid shows up i'm like yes finally <laughs> we're getting away from humans and then i didn't like, yeah on paper this crew should have been killer for me and it and it just wasn't for me it's because they all occupied the same space uh, of mm-hmm. a character which was um like anti-likable you know like and that works like if you have a like they were all some version of anti-likable and you have to have different flavors of that and mm-hmm. the only time you even remotely got that actually I thought was with the Deveronian right because he was just sort of like an impossible force meets blah 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 but it really they were all doing the same thing yeah like and, their and choices their, were all their, the same their direction was act like someone who owns 20 affliction t-shirts that was their direction yeah. and <laughs> they all did the same thing yeah. <laughs> anyway, it was, it was a. It could have been better, but it was good enough, and um, yeah, that's all I got. It was. It was weird. It was a weird one for me. Uh, made me like the tattooing episode more. It yeah, was, it was more reserved, and this was just trying trying too hard to be cool. Is really this? This seemed, felt like it was just, trying too hard for me. I'm just as excited. And I, what's funny about that, Garrett, is I've heard people say that about the Tatooine episode. I've heard that people say that about other Mandalorian episodes. So I think it kind of depends on your taste. Like when the Mandalorian does the thing that you value a little more plot wise than others, I think you're a little harder on it. And it feels like they're trying too hard. I feel like that's a that's a strain of what is being done in Mando is we just we just do genres and we're not going to do each one perfectly for the biggest fan of that genre. Yeah. I mean, cause I would really maybe fall in love with it. And like episode one was just the willingness to be damn near a silent film for long stretches. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And this was the opposite of that. And I actually big fan of seven samurai. So I still loved that episode. This crew one though, just fell flat for me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I'm also a huge fan of heist. Like I love heist. Sign me up. Mm. Like every heist yep, episode, like that's my probably, prison break. Yeah. Yeah. I like the, <sighs> the, the, the hospital episode. Guardians of, of the Galaxy, right? Oh, yeah. That yeah. hospital Perfect episode example. of Firefly. Love it. Yes. Like, it's all fantastic. And this one, I was like, huh. Yeah. You're not really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd, I'd rather mm-hmm. go watch Firefly right now. Well, and maybe that's part of it is good heist movies, good heist stories. Spend a lot of time building up the crew for you. So you care about them. We didn't have a chance to get to that and to your point jenny what we did know of them we did not like at all yeah <laughs> I, was hoping, uh, I was hoping someone here would be the devil's advocate and enjoy it but uh <laughs> i guess we kind of i thought i was gonna be on the outs i thought i was gonna be the one saying it's okay to like it but i didn't uh turns out we're all kind of on the same page it's one of the, yeah. it's one of these things where again like i still had fun <laughs> like I'm but not- i saw people like chuck wendig uh on twitter said this is his favorite episode of the season mm so far so you know your mileage may vary yeah my, love it. my community my twitter bubble loved it like all everyone on twitter that i follow was just like over the moon like oh man sweet heist loved it bill burr is the best and i'm like yes bill burr is the best but maybe not in this but i, I don't want to crap on anyone who enjoyed it uh, sure 
it's like if you dug it rad uh and and uh, i don't know i i always like to add a bunch of like clauses onto any critiques on anything because i always feel bad because like i'm not trying to tell anyone if you liked it that you're wrong this is just my read on the situation totally totally agree so um but yeah so that was uh that was the prisoner i'm just just bring on next week by the way i didn't know this i just found out the new episode goes up wednesday not friday which makes me think that there's some sort of tie-in to the rise of skywalker oh wow okay (laughs) oh interesting I'd or they that. just want. Oh or yeah, they, they would get think, buried. No one would watch it. I was going to say they may think that it just doesn't play well to go see Rise of Skywalker, the end of the nine episode Skywalker series. Oh, and then watch the penultimate episode of Mando. Like watch the penultimate episode of Mando first, then watch Rise of Skywalker. Then give yourself a week to recover. Then you can watch the series finale of Mando. Oh, yeah. That's that's probably actually why. But <laughs> <sighs> well, maybe there'd be some kind of revelation. It might be. Might be that, too. Who knows? But it wouldn't be a spoilery one or they'd hold it until after. Uh, when we get our big, uh, like, 50th anniversary of Doctor Who-esque uh, every Force ghost ever seen in episode nine, <laughs> do you think there'll be a Baby Yoda? <laughs> and Peter no, Capaldi. he'll still be alive. He's one of the new, he'll be the new uh, crew of Skywalkers. Mm. Right. He's around Kylo's age. Yeah. I mean, he's not. He's 50 years old. But But, you know. Kylo was born around the time that we're seeing baby Yoda. Yeah. I'm waiting for that. I'm ready for that. Although they can't do that. Like they literally can't because then you would know that baby Yoda was okay. So no. Right. Mm. And maybe, um, not. maybe he doesn't make it. Yeah. Or maybe we see two Yoda force ghosts. <laughs> Three. <laughs> maybe Yaddle's a force ghost too. Who knows? <laughs> And Yoda oh, and Yaddle are holding hands and everyone goes, oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> 50 years. I will quit Star Wars. I will quit Star Wars. This is I'm drawing a line in the sand and I hate <laughs> sand. It gets in everything. 50 years ago on the eve of the end of the Republic. Nope. People made some choices. Nope. Yes, Yoda <laughs> did. And it was to go throw down with Sidious. You guys, I think that they I think that my belief is that those Yodas spontaneously reproduce come back from this are you saying they're basically gremlins they get wet and then just they they like bud they reproduce through budding yeah they're a plant isn't that a better answer than any other option you could think of uh yes yeah it'll live to tomorrow we may not cloning there's already a cloning breadcrumb there's cloning is involved in this i know yeah actually that's probably the better that's the easier way to go on all of our minds yes please and thank you. Uh, now that we're at the end of the episode, can we can we dig into the? Can we just real quick talk about that that Palpatine uh, TV spot? Sure. Cool. Uh, yeah, it opens up a whole backstory. Like all we needed to hear was that TV clip. So he changes voices. Like, uh, yeah, I can't. Yeah. Okay. So if you don't want to watch the clip yourself, you can bail out. This will be the yeah, last thing we talk about. Uh, so fair spoiler spoiler warning. Okay, there we go. Hopefully you have now turned off your TV. Or okay, radio. so. Kylo TV, radio, is, wherever. Kylo's descending into an awesome Sith cave that totally looks like the starting zone if you roll the Sith in the Old Republic MMO. Um, Palpatine's talking to him and changes voices. I can't... Is the second vo- the second voice he takes on Snoke? Because the third is yep. definitely Vader. Yep, it's okay. Snoke. So he goes from Palpatine to Snoke to Vader and then back to Palpatine. JJ retconning. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like so, take that ride, Johnson. Will Snoke a giant twenty-five foot 
puppet? <laughs> That's what I'm confused about. I think <sighs> there's I so many ways you could go. Because I, yeah. I, I think is too strong for what I'm about to say. So I'm going to pull back from that. It could be that Snoke was possessed by whatever this is. And I'm not guaranteeing that this is Palpatine. <laughs> this may be a Sith artifact that has been using the voices of Palpatine, mm. Vader, Snoke to speak to Kylo and possibly controlling Snoke because he was a weak minded dabbler in the Sith arts. That mm. he sure was a flashy dresser. Yeah. I mean, he was well, powerful, you know, but yeah, maybe he wasn't. When you're nothing but a Sith holocron and you've got control of someone, you want to dress the part. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's interesting. It was all just a triangle. Or something, also, some kind of artifact like that it, Palpatine placed there because he collects all these artifacts and imbued his, his own, like drew his own power out uh, of it. But he could crux. control it. What's so it's that? A horcrux? Yeah, uh, not exactly a horcrux, but something that Palpatine used to feed his power and that then when Palpatine died, preserved an element of him, but not, not him. I guess what I'm thinking (laughs) is maybe it's not actually Palpatine, but this was making Palpatine successful. You know what I'm saying? Like Like an amplifier. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is the thing that powered all the Sith. They all messed with this thing. And the ones that mastered it were, were the most powerful Sith Mm, and Snoke is just not very powerful. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I still like the idea of just, balance and just as the dark grows in power the light rises to meet it and all that kind of stuff i like that so i'm not sure how much i want it to be tied to a. oh but that you wouldn't have to not have that it's not an either or because hmm. yeah. remember kylo's going in with his lightsaber drawn huh. why is that well it looks like he's kind of just using it as a torch once he's going down the uh elevator <laughs> just to see stuff um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, maybe, yeah, he just feels threatened or he's afraid of what he's about to find. And what if they've switched sides? What if Dark Ray is the one trying to find it? And Aww. Kylo has finally realized the error of his ways. That is sadly plausible. I would I would love a portion of this movie to be Ray off the earth, off off the dark handle. Mm. But maybe destroying Luke brought imbalance and you have to destroy this Sith artifact to bring balance back. Maybe. Hmm. I feel like there's even a Sith artifact. They could totally not be it. If they haven't said the word Sith yet in this series, are they going to go there now? Yes, because Uh, there are confirmed new red stormtroopers called Sith troopers. Oh, well, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, you wouldn't even have to. You could just call it a dark power, blah, 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 because it's light and dark usually, right? Yeah. And then we would spend the rest of my party going, it was a Sith artifact. Yeah. I mean, I'm still looking at this. <laughs> like, seven. The other boot has it. We haven't we haven't seen the end of the thread that started in Rise of or Revenge of the Sith with the whole Darth Plagueis monologue. Like there there is an input there. there, there the stage <laughs> has been set for Palpatine to be obsessed with cheating death. Right. And. There's so many directions you could take that, and we haven't played with it really at all. In and this would first... be more Horcrux like, yeah, or like like just you know, we can even bring it back to classical fantasies, a lich, and it's a phylactery. Like, mm-hmm. uh, 
Stay tuned for Path of Plagueis coming June 2022. <laughs> He's been behind it all the whole time. Yeah, well, like, and I was, like, I... I saw, like I said, I unintentionally saw this and it got me really excited. And so Katie came home and I'm like, we have to watch this. I just need to, I need to bounce some ideas off you. And like, I was just like, this just cracks up. There's so many different ways, you, places you could take this. And it, if nothing else, I just want to see them play with how does a Sith cheat death? Because we've seen how the light side does it. Like, right, what does right. it look like when the dark side does it? Because I bet it's screwed up and it doesn't work very well. That's compelling. Definitely. This would be the, there's no Sith force ghost per se, but there is something. And this is that something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, like, do you want to look at it and call it fan service? Do you want to look at it and call it an interesting exploration of the other side of a coin that we haven't seen messed with in the movies yet? And I'm, I'm no, going that actually way. scans pretty well. I like that. Yeah. So that, that's where and my maybe that's going. the artifact. The artifact is what maybe it is more Horcrux like. Yeah. And there's an there, that's been that stage has been set more in the books than anything else. But we know that uh, there's like Hilo's kind of obsessed with finding these old artifacts. That's why he has Vader's helmet. And that before him, Palpatine was obsessed with it and had like collections of force artifacts spread all over the galaxy in his, totally. his bunkers. So and one mm. of those was on Jakku. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff you got to pay off. No wonder that movie's going to be so long. Also, I'm not I'm not betting against the fact that the dark ray we've seen in the trailer is just a Luke in the tree, uh, Ray looking in the fo- dark force mirror, kind of yeah. flash flash of of imagery, not an actual thing that happens. Yeah, this is what could happen to you if you take that step, Ray. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I have, I'm, that one is still. That is so wide open. I think in terms of directions it could go that I don't really have a hard. This is the kind of thing I see JJ putting in a trailer. Not that he makes the trailers personally, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, throw that in. That'll throw people off. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm not sure he makes it. Every, like, I don't think he goes scene by scene and, and constructs a trailer. But right. I'm sure he sends a few notes of like, "Hey, here's three things I really want in the trailer." So, yeah, I'm very interested in this. And the other reason, the reason I really like this is because this is playing into one of my biggest questions since the new trilogy even started, which is why does Kylo seem to not understand how Vader ended up? And if the voices in his head have been telling him a very specific narrative, it answers that question for me. And I like the answer if that is the answer. Right. If 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 anybody could spin Vader's end as still being, you know, pro Sith, it'd be Palpatine. Oh, yeah. He could just be like, yes, he was just overthrowing me because that's what Sith do. He's the ultimate Sith. You should totally like Sith him. Sith's going to Sith, am I right? <laughs> Sith is going to Sith. Wonderful. On that note, I think that's a great place to end this. Um, uh, we haven't mentioned Snap Wexley yet. We haven't. So I just thought I had to do that. Now he, we have. Thank he you. He is coming back. He is coming back. I need to go read that Kylo Ren comic series that's coming out right now. I, I hear it's... I hear it's pretty damn good. Oh, I'm going to need to go to the comic store today, y'all. Anyways, that's going to bring us to the end of this episode of Let's Talk About Star Wars. Our scheduling will get a little funky from here on out because, Tom, you will be traveling. Mm-hmm. But That's correct. Yes, we will be getting new episodes to you as soon as we possibly can, especially in regards to a meaty Rise of Skywalker spoiler episode. Uh, but until then, around the table, Jenny Josephson, where can everyone find you? Tatooine. I'm on Twitter. 
Are you bartering with Jawas? Are you a hermit in a cave? I'm definitely a hermit in a cave. Are you learning uh, Tuscan Raider sign language? Uh, no, I'm just like, I've got my uh, intergalactic dish holocron. Uh, no, uh, hi- hyper. What, what do they watch TV on in Star Wars? The Holonet? Oh. The Holonet. Yeah, I've got my Holonet. I've got my comfortable reclining uh, uh, chair. And I've got, you know, uh, I don't know, people delivering food to me on Bantus. So that's where I am. Oh, Bantamates. Love Bantamates. Oh, Bantamates yeah. is my favorite. Yeah. Bantadash. Post Banta. They're so much better than uh, the, than uh, than Dubak Eats. Yep. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> much more Dubak dash. Much, much There's more. nothing dash about Dubaks. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Dubak dash actually would have been better. Yeah. Uh, Tom Merritt, where can everyone find your work? Uh, freetomnewsletter.com would be a great place to just keep up on everything that I'm doing besides let's talk about Star Wars, including daily tech news show, cord killers, etc. Uh, we also talk about the Mandalorian on cord killers, if that's interesting to you. And I email everybody the links every week, freetomnewsletter.com. I haven't listened in a while. What does Brian Brushwood's read? Because I feel like he just dislikes all Star Wars. I always feel a little uncomfortable representing Brian because I'm sure I'll say something. He'll be like, no, that's not the way I'd put that. But he's generally positive okay. about it. Yeah. Cool. cool. Uh, it's been a while since I talked to him. Uh, we had a, a great uh, – la- last time I really sat down and chewed the fat with Brian Brushwood, it was nerdtacular, and I was having to defend Rogue One's honor. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. I see. Yeah. No. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yep. Yeah. It was a – Long night. A lot of alcohol was involved. I was very spirited. Uh, folks, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Garrett Art. He moved out to me for all the other podcasts. I'd like to promote my new WoW show. It's called WoW Killer. Go listen to it. Where we just did a two and a half hour episode on le- the history of leaks in World of Warcraft. Uh, very, very wrong ones and surprisingly correct ones. We covered all of it. Go check it out. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of Let's Talk About Star Wars. Until next time, this is the way. This is the way. I will initiate self-destruct. Do not self-destruct!